one person actually make a difference in unifying the entire world? What are some tools I can use to live a life of more freedom? These are just some of the concepts you'll hear about in every episode of See One Beautiful Soul. Hello, dear friends. This is Barbara Heller, and we are about to embark on Yom Kippur over here in Los Angeles. We've got about 24 hours before it begins, and I wanted to just share some words with you from my heart to your heart about forgiveness. Yom Kippur marks the 10th day of the first 10 days of the Jewish New Year. Rosh Hashanah, which is the first two days, is about really stepping in to a new calendar year where we can open up to a higher purpose, a higher self, higher everything, meaning, fulfillment, more peace, more love, more health. That is the day, supposedly, uh, two days of judgment where God, the universe, the Schwartz, the force, whatever you want to call it, is the closest possibly to us and is sort of checking over all the things that we did last year, the choices we made consciously, subconsciously, that were great. And then some of the choices that we made that were not so great for our soul, for our spiritual selves. Yom Kippur is the 10th day of the the new calendar year. And it's the day when we actually are forgiven. A lot of people, including myself, are not so educated about what that means. I'm still learning about it after 20 something years of of keeping it or studying about it and, and living it. Yom Kippur is actually a day of celebration. It is the day that we say, okay, we survived the first 10 days of the year. No time is ever promised to a human being. It's all a gift. I've been alive for 10 days of this calendar year so far. What did I do with it? And I must be doing something right because I'm still here and God needs me here. Now, it doesn't mean if you know someone who passed away between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, even before the 10 days or after the 10 days, that they're right or wrong. I don't mean that there's a more correct way. At the end of the day, we actually don't know. It's right. It's it's all in God's choice. Um, but we have these 10 days to reflect, to think about, to ponder, to wonder, to dream to lift up our hearts and our voices into the new year and really put our feet inside the quicksand and cement new habits. And I didn't want to let the moment get away from me. Now that I have a podcast and this is our third season, I feel like I have a chance to connect with you, connect with myself, connect with God, our community, our world on a deeper level by having the platform to do so. And I learned so much from you, the listeners who are writing me back. I learned so much from our guests. I learned so much from doing my documentaries on the street in light of this podcast and in light of what my mission was in creating it with you. And we're co-creating it together. And that is to create a more forgiving world. Tonight, I had the honor and the privilege of sitting in the sanctuary of Beth Jacob, which is a synagogue right here in Beverly Hills. And I got to listen to Rabbi Kelman Topp, T-O-P-P is his last name, talk about forgiveness. I had no idea that that was going to be the topic, but it was riveting. And of course, because it's Shabbat, I wasn't able to 
write anything, but I remembered a lot in my mind and in my heart. And I promised myself when I got home, I would share some of the ideas with you. And thankfully he gave us these source sheets. I'm actually holding it in my hands right now. And it's a three page front and back document. And the top of it is kingship and fatherhood or sovereignship and parenthood. Avino Malkinu, which in Hebrew translate to our father, our king, blueprint for a meaningful teshuvah. And today was the basically the first Shabbat of this new year, but really it's a culmination of everything that's happened last year up until now, so that we have the ability to do teshuvah, which I've it's a word I've talked about on the podcast before. It means to turn things around, to repent, to correct, to cherish, and uplift whatever we did before. And so we can change our behavior, change our habits, change our thoughts into a new way of thinking, behaving. One of the things that he brought out tonight, which was so beautiful, is he was telling a story about how there was this group of rabbis and community members and they really needed rain. And so there was this incident involving a guy named Rabbi Eliezer, who's mentioned in the Gemara, the Talmud of Jewish law and wisdom. And he descended to serve as prayer leader before the Ark, before the Aron Kodesh, where the, t- the Torah is kept. And we have a, we have a Torah in every synagogue. Um, and he recited 24 blessings, but the prayer for rain was not answered. And, and the the community was actually going crazy and they were like, I don't understand. This is such a holy rabbi. We're such a holy congregation. We're doing the best that we can. We really need rain. And what what can we do? We're, we're saying the, the holiest prayers and we all, we all fasted. And I don't believe it was Yom Kippur, which is also a fast day. I think it was like a minor fast day that they decided as a community to do just to bring more rain because their crops were dying. All of a sudden, Rabbi Akiva descended before the ark and he said, Our father, our king, we have no king other than you. Our father, our king, for your sake, have mercy on us. And he recited a piece of this. You can call it a song. You can call it a prayer. We we do it on Yom Kippur. It's it's kind of both. And it's Avinu Malkinu. You might have heard Barbara Streisand sing it. Avinu Malkinu. That what he just what I just read is is part of that song, that prayer. And the sages were whispering. Why is he saying this prayer? We just had Rabbi Eliezer, and Rabbi Eliezer is is an even stronger and bigger rabbi than Rabbi Akiva. Now, who is Rabbi Akiva and who is Rabbi Eliezer? You can look them both up. But there are two famous names in the Talmudic tractates that many people spend hours and hours per day learning about. And Rabbi Eliezer was known to be this really high-quality great rabbi, and Rabbi Akiva was also known to be this great high-quality rabbi, but at the time, Rabbi Rabbi Eliezer was known to be even greater than Rabbi Akiva, and all of a sudden, a divine voice emerged, and we, we know that sometimes big rabbis have heard voices, and sometimes together, and so whether it's true or not true, this is what the text says, and I quote, it is not because this sage, meaning Rabbi Akiva, is greater than Rabbi Eliezer, but Rabbi Akiva is more forgiving and Rabbi Eliezer is sometimes less forgiving. So all of a sudden it started to rain and their crops were saved. So what's this whole story about? 
Rabbi Top was relating that it's amazing when someone is very knowledgeable in the word of God, in Torah learning, and even may give lots of charity and be extremely kind to others. But one quality that trumps many, many things, especially when we want to invoke God's kindness, okay, is when we are more forgiving. Now, why is that so? Maybe you've heard this. I had never heard this until I was 24, but it really helped me a lot. If you want more love in your life, you have to be more loving, right? You want people to give to you, then you need to be giving. If you want God to bless you with something really miraculous, like let's say you're looking for your soulmate like me, or you want to have a child also like me, um, you want to have more money, and you're doing everything that you feel that you can, and you really need like a quote-unquote miracle to happen, the best way to do that is to look at how you're judging or forgiving others. Now, that means that if you are someone who walks around holding grudges, or maybe you just have one big grudge in your life, how do you think God is going to treat you? I know this is really hard stuff, but this is the time of year when we can get head to head on those types of things and you don't want to avoid it. You want to sit with it. Now, I'm saying not just you, myself too. And I, and this talk is also for me. I'm trying to recap all the cool stuff I heard this weekend from my friend Saul Blinkoff, who spoke beautifully today at his Shabbat table, from Rabbi Top, from David Sachs, who I listen to all the time, um, from my friend Ben Sion Simmons, who was also on this podcast. Um, he was on the first season. And from all the other beautiful, beautiful Torahs I heard over the last month, because I've been really upping my spiritual practice and learning quotient. And what I'm hearing over and over again for myself, and I'm just going to share it with you and you can feel free to take it, edit it, delete it, you know, be inspired to learn something else. But for me, what keeps coming up is if you want miracles to happen in your life, then you got to look at your heart and really examine it and say, who am I not forgiving enough? Who am I judging? Who am I being disrespectful to? Because the way that God interacts with us is completely mirrored by how we act towards others. So if we are kind to our parents, then God is going to be kind to us. Someone once asked Rabbi Top, I believe he said this, uh, should I forgive my children, even when they do something really, really wrong and it feels unforgivable. And he said, well, wouldn't you want God to do that for you? See, we have this book that we look at. It's called the Moxor on uh, both Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. And they're a little different because of the essence of the day, right? Rosh Hashanah is two days of we're standing in judgment and we're begging God to let us live another year. And on Yom Kippur, we're actually going over all of the difficult choices we made in the last year up until these 10 days and including the, the new year 10 days. And we're saying, oh my gosh, I did this, I did this. And there's a whole list of all these, I mean, the rabbis were good. They sat down and really, I mean, clearly they got it from either God or as Rabbi Noah Weinberg's Kronel would say, an anti-Semite wrote it because it's very intricate, like not just littering, but how you litter, how disrespectful you could be towards your parents, but like the, the different ways, right? There's all these different kinds of poor choices. We don't really say sin, 
we say missing the mark or making poor choices. There's so many categories of making poor choices. And a lot of people don't want to be bothered and they'll say things. And I've been this person so many times on Yom Kippur. I've actually said it out loud. I'm not going to Yom Kippur. I don't have anything to feel sorry about. I'm a good person. I don't litter. I don't do drugs. I'm not sleeping around. I don't cheat on tests. Like, what could I possibly? I remember saying that to a rabbi my senior year of college. I remember a scholar in residence, and he drove me home from Shabbat services Friday night. Very nice guy, married. He was just doing me a favor and driving me home. And now, when I look back, I'm, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I was doing so many things that night that I never would do now because I'm in a different spiritual practice. But at the time, lovely guy gave a great service. And then I, I believe he drove me home. It was either after Shabbat dinner Friday night, or maybe it was the night before Yom Kippur. I don't, I don't know. But I said to him, I'm not going to synagogue tomorrow because I have nothing to cry out to God about that I did anything wrong. And I, I really meant it. I really believed that at the time I was a quote unquote good person and didn't have anything to feel bad about, feel sorry about. I never made any mistakes in terms of what I considered spiritually harming myself or the world. And for all intents and purposes, it's probably true. However, when I look at myself now through, you know, I'm over double the age that I was then. I was 22 then and I'm 47 now. And I I think of all the categories of things I was doing that don't hit the mark as, as a Jewish person. And by the way, we're not meant to be perfect. No one has a Yom Kippur ever that is uh, perfectly sound. I, I don't know anyone. But the point of it is to be a little bit better this year than we were last year and to really try to become a better person. That's what evolving means, right? You, you, you could try to argue this point, but I, I think it would be hard. And I, and trust me, I've tried to argue it myself. What does it mean to be a good person? Like, who cares if you do all these things? But the point of it is not, not to try to be perfect at it, but to just try to be better. So I'm inviting myself and whoever's listening right now, if you're still listening, look at the mocks or look at the book, even if you're not even Jewish, just take a look at what uh, the things that we're supposed to be, quote unquote, doing to become as good of a person as we can. It's really healing just to look through, like, should I speak to my parents and how should I treat the person that I love and how can I interact with God better and how how am I eating? Am I am I being cruel to animals? Am I eating properly? All these rules for being kosher. There's so much there. Am I stealing people's time? Was there any time in the last year that I knew someone was really tired, but I kept them up on the phone or I, I was at their house as a guest and I could tell they were yawning, but I just kept sitting there and, and wanting to be listened to? That's called stealing someone's time. And it's equivalent to stealing their money in the Talmud. Getting back to the forgiveness part, because it's really important. Apparently, he devoted almost the whole lecture to it tonight. If you can just go back just for a second, take a deep breath, close your eyes and think, unless you're driving, pull over and then close your eyes and take a deep breath. And just check your heart for a second. See if there's anybody in your life, there you go, who you might need to forgive. It could be yourself. It could be somebody you live with, whether it's a spouse or a child or a parent or a grandparent or a nephew or a niece or a neighbor, someone who lives right next door to you that you prefer not to speak to every day. You have anybody like that on your block, in your building, next door? Somebody who you go out of your way every day to avoid. And if you see them, you, you look the other way. That's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. How much energy do you wrap around your heart every day 
thinking about that one person that you're trying to avoid, whether it's in a store or next door to you, think about it and just see what it would feel. There you go. See if you would put your shoulders back just in a quarter of an inch, take a deep breath in and just put a little tiny space in your heart and say to yourself, what would it look like if I went back to a few of these people, even if they're quote unquote, not super significant in your life, right? They're, they're not blood related, even though apparently we all are. Uh, they're not somebody that I have to talk to every day, but it's someone you think about quite a bit. And I know now you're nodding a little bit because you're like, oh, that, that is true. I do think about them every day or every other day because I have to see them or I try to avoid them or I think, oh, I hope I don't have to see that person, right? That's the person I'm talking about. What would it look like? Just bear with me for a second. If you went up to them in person or called them on the phone and you just had a two-minute conversation and it went something like this. You know, I've been harboring some ill feelings towards you because I, I really didn't like what happened between us. I didn't like the thing that you said. It really hurt me. Or I've been kind of a jerk because of something you did or said or how I interpreted it. And now I realize that actually wasn't the best way to do it or handle it. And I just want you to know that I'm, I'm sorry for carrying this with me and I'm setting it down. And just see how that feels. It actually doesn't matter who was right or wrong in the situation. It just matters that you get it out and get past it. I have a feeling that if each of us did that kind of cleanup in our heart, the world would feel differently the day after. If you're listening to this three months from the day that I put it out or today when I do put it out, uh, and it is Yom Kippur, use the energy of Yom Kippur. Use the energy of the newness of this new year. And it actually doesn't matter if it's years later. See if you can just practice this exercise of letting go of the anger that you have in your heart, whether it's to an acquaintance, someone who you see all the time, who you love very, very much. And maybe it's not something that you talk about a lot, but there is that one little thing they did that really bothered you. See if you can just clear it up now because we don't have tomorrow gifted to us. It's not promised, right? It's something that is a privilege. So see if you can just hold that. And I would invite you to take a little accounting of just a few things in the past year. And if you only have a couple things on your sheet, you probably need to spend a little bit more time. It's not fun. And my friend Saul dared me to do this today. And he also added, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this in his name, Saul Blinkoff. He's a great guy. He has a great podcast called The Life of Awesome. He said to his Shabbat table, I dare you to sit down and think about some of the people you need to ask for forgiveness, right? It doesn't even matter if, if they hurt you, you have your side of the street and they have theirs. So let's say they did something that wasn't so nice to you. And in addition, you did something not so nice to them. So there's a part of you that's like, well, they weren't so nice to me, so I can be, nope, doesn't work like that. <laughs> you still have to apologize for it. So see if you can do that. If you can make a little list of people that you need to ask for forgiveness, it might be something that they don't even know that you did. And maybe you don't have to tell them exactly what it was, but something in the category of, right? Like, I'm sorry for harboring this pain towards you, or I'm, you know, I may have spoken out of turn about the incident that happened between us, and I feel bad about it. 
That's all. You don't have to tell them all the things you said and every single thing. But you know, sometimes we vent about things that happened. I'm being real, real here. Okay. This is the real, real. Somebody does something to you that you don't like. And instead of going to that person, that one, someone, you go to somebody else and talk about how upset you were that they did this, this, or that. And maybe you did it for good reason to get clarity on how you should go back to the original someone. But some of us, including myself, like to vent. And now the person that you've spoken to, if they knew who it was, uh, the original someone, they, they might be feeling ill will towards that original person. So we want to be really careful when we're venting not to give any clues about who it is because we don't want to speak poorly about somebody else and have the, the, the listener who we're venting to really not like that other person. So there's that. And then think about some of the ways in which you could improve for next year starting tomorrow. What are some of the things that you would like to change? What are some habits like, is, are there foods you want to take out of your diet? Is there an exercise program that you'd like to get on, even if it's just walking an extra 10 minutes every day? Is there a certain quality that you want to bring into your life? Like, you want to be more patient or more forgiving, or you want to have a better marriage, or you want to bring in your soulmate. The only way you're going to do that, those things, is usually by asking a few people around you, is there any way that I could improve on this? Something I could do better? And it takes a lot of courage to do it, but I guarantee the more you ask a few people, as long as you can leave your ego at the door, you're going to get some great feedback. And people can be really kind. They're not looking to put you down or judge you or tell you what to do. They're really usually humbled by that kind of question. And what I've found, because I've done this quite a few times, I did Landmark Forum, if anyone's ever heard of that, uh, a while back. I got so much out of that exercise, which was going up to people that I felt were close friends and family and, and actually saying to them, I'm really working on myself. And I'd love to hear one or two ways that you think I could improve myself. Because if you, if you see something that I'm doing that you just wish, oh, I wish I could tell them, but I, I don't know if they're ready to hear it. I'm ready to hear it. I want to work on myself. Now, of course, you don't want to berate yourself so badly and, and just look for the negative. Usually when people give you that feedback, they're also going to give you lots of compliments too. And you could say, and if you want to tell me one thing I'm doing really well that makes you feel good, I'd, I'd love to hear what that is. So that's my two cents for how to bring in a more spiritually fulfilling year. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for listening. Feel free to forward this episode to somebody who might need to hear it. I want to wish everyone who's listening a Gemar Hatima Tova. May we all be sealed and inscribed in the book of life for a beautiful, sweet, fulfilling, healthy, and happy and joyful year. And may all of your dreams continue to come true. And may you receive more blessing this year than you've ever gotten before. And may it overflow. And may the world be way more peaceful than it has been before. And I also just want to give us all the blessing that we all keep one Shabbat, one Sabbath, because I really believe that if we all turned off our phones, maybe except for the emergency workers, but can you imagine if we all just kept one Shabbat, one Sabbath, like from Friday night sundown to Saturday sundown, imagine what the world would look like if we weren't driving and we didn't use our phones and we didn't use electricity, all of our food was already prepared before that 24 hours and we just spent time with our family and our friends 
and just unplugged for one day, just once, not even like every week, just once. Imagine the carbon footprint we would create from just that one day. I'm so grateful to be here. Thank you so much for making me feel like my life matters. And if you happen to be in New York on October 15th, that's a Sunday at 2 p.m., I am doing my one-woman show, Messianic Moments and Cosmic Conversations. You can buy tickets now. Just go to Google and type in United Solo Fest. And then when you're on that website, hit click here to buy tickets and scroll down until you see the words Messianic Moments and Cosmic Conversations and you can click to buy tickets. I wish the website was a little easier to use, but that's how it is. Anyway, Shana Tova. Happy New Year, everyone. Have a good, sweet, healthy New Year. And I will talk to you on the other side of Yom Kippur. If you know somebody with a great story about forgiveness, failure, or freedom, please share them with us. If you learned something new or feel like something from this episode could inspire someone else, please share the episode on your Facebook page or Instagram and tag that person and tag us too. You can find all of our social medias, drop us a note, or join our newsletter at www.c1beautifulsoul.com. Please don't forget to subscribe and review us on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere else you hear podcasts. May we all choose to look for the light in ourselves and each other in all ways, always. Always.